How are the Queensland Firebirds shaping up for the 2022 Super Netball season? What does an elite netballer get up to during the off-season? Perhaps what's the right balance of domestic versus international players in Super Netball? What are the experiences associated with still being the only Indigenous player in that competition? And, matter of fact, what made her fall in love with the sport of netball to begin with? I'm your host Joey Lynch and this is Beyond the Lead with Gemma Mai Mai. She cut it a little bit fine. The second last player for any side announced during the Super Netball contracting period. But Gemma Mai Mai is once again set to run out for the Queensland Firebirds this coming Super Netball season. The wing attack is set to mark her sixth season in purple in 2022. As she looks to bounce back from a torn calf muscle that hampered her 2021 campaign. And her side which is set to look a little different next season, seek to end a two-year absence from Super Netball's finals. Hopefully, for both the Firebirds and the rest of the teams in the competition, the coming campaign looks a little different from the past two years, in which COVID chaos has forced numerous hubs and travel chaos and reschedulings and all of that sort of stuff. Beyond bringing her agility and creative nous to coach Megan Anderson's side, Mai Mai is also set to remain her league's only Indigenous player in 2022, saying when she re-signed with the Firebirds that I hope to still be a role model to young Indigenous kids out there who love sport and one day want to play at the elite level. It's evident within seconds of discussing it with Gemma, a member of the Waka Waka people, that the opportunity to serve as a role model and an inspiration is one that she relishes, and even ties into her goals after netball. But given the heavy lifting that she continues to do in this space for Super Netball, alone amongst the current crop of players, I asked as part of our conversation if it ever got fatiguing. Beyond that, we talked about the league's direction and the international versus domestic player debate, her love of the game, Firebirds coming season, and much, much more. But first, I just asked her what she'd been getting up to during the off-season. Not, I guess, I'm still busy <laughs> being an elite netballer in the off-season. Um, training has definitely, I guess, reduced a little bit. Um, but for me personally, I've been um, working with the Diamond Spirit program at Netball Queensland. And I've also been cracking through some of my studies as well. I'm um, getting to a Master's of Teaching Um with CQU, which is all online, which has been, um, which is very handy for um, an elite athlete. Um, it's a lot more flexible that way. But um, yeah, that's kind of, that's been my off season really. But I'm um, catching up with a few friends as well that I haven't been able to because of uh, the hub that we were in this season and a bit of last season as well. So it's been nice to have a bit more freedom. Studying teaching, what type of teaching do you want to get into? Um, I'm looking at getting into secondary. Um, I did finish a Bachelor of Clinical Exercise Physiology last year and um, did a bit of work um, during the year with that. However, I guess didn't really enjoy it as much as I would have liked to, so I decided to take a bit of a career change and do some 
into education. So, um, which, which I think aligns really nicely with my work that I'm doing with Diamond Spirit. And I found through like coaching netball clinics with Firebirds um, and like all the school holiday clinics. I really enjoy that side of um, the teaching and the coaching side. So hopefully, you know, I'm on the right path for life after netball. <laughs> so that master's combined with a bachelor. So I'm guessing physical education teacher or just a general teacher or? Yeah, yeah. So HPE um, and science would be my two teaching areas. A lot of insight, no doubt, you'd be able to give the kids with your um, experience in netball. And we should, looking at the super netball season coming up for 2022, hopefully it's going to be a lot less dramatic than it has been in years past. You mentioned the hub, and I know there was a whole bunch of travails that hit the last super netball season you know the fixtures being thrown into chaos at a moment's notice and you having to move the games around just you're pleased to see the back of all that chaos I'm guessing (laughs) yeah I guess yeah it was very um it was great that we could get through the season all the teams could um yeah being in Brisbane Queensland we were I think we were one of the luckier states that um both the whole season ended up just coming to Brisbane. So I'm very thankful for all the other teams and every other state that um, managed to move around a lot more than we did and move up, pick up their whole lives, their families to come in, um, you know, make sure that we can get through the season. So, but yeah, definitely um, keen that it was, that we got it done. Hopefully 2022 is not as hectic, but who knows by now, like we, I guess you just got to expect the unexpected and, um we we've all done it before so it won't be anything new (laughs) I know a lot of people talk about athletes and talk about the grind of uh playing sport and traveling around but in a way you're also looking forward to just that sort of grind and getting on planes and getting to travel around the country and play netball yeah definitely like I actually feel um I feel a bit bad for the new girls who've come into this um I guess the Suncourt Super Netball season last year and a bit of this year because it hasn't been a regular season and we haven't you know you get to travel um to every state and play um you know in the major cities and it just a regular season is really exciting like you have your lead up training like your captain's run and then you yeah you got game day so I'm definitely yeah looking forward to a more regular season than the grind and well we've got pre-season right around the corner for us so the crying is starting very early, but um, that's that's what you got to do as an elite athlete for our season to be starting in March. Because mm. recently I saw you're also uh, helping Puma launch a new netball shoe. And during that, you spoke about the importance of community sport returning in 2022 as well. All those juniors finally able to play again. That seems like it's something important to you as well. Oh, definitely. That's where the love of the sport begins. Um the community sport, playing at the grassroots level, playing with all your friends. Um, playing sport back then for me, it was just all about fun. It was all about making friends. And, yes, you wanted to win, but that's where you also learn how to lose and also be a good team player. And, um, yeah, I'm so glad that, you know, kids can get back out there outside, play some sport again because that's what I always looked forward to after, you know, school on a Friday afternoon it's like yes I've got netball on Saturday morning so yeah I'm glad that those kids can get back out there and you know do what they love and you yourself 
battled injuries during the 2021 campaign. I mean, it wasn't as bad as the Achilles that they thought you might have done, but you did tear your calf. Um, how frustrating was that for you going through that season, battling that those maladies? Yeah, it, it's very frustrating, um, especially because you, you, your job is to go out there and perform out on court. And when you've got these little niggles and you do get an injury, it just feels like you... Yeah, you can't do your job at the end of the day, but that's all, that's a part of the journey as being an elite athlete, being able to manage those niggles and overcome those hurdles. And um, I've definitely had my few share of hurdles, but um, I've been rehabbing my calf um, really well. I've got amazing support stuff around me and I've been training with a lot of the girls during the off season. So just getting really fit and strong uh, for the start of the preseason. Because I did want to ask that, how has that affected your off-season training regime? Has it been altered compared to years past to strengthen these injured areas? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Well, off-season really is to kind of nail down on all those little niggles that you have. But for me, it's been, yeah, pretty specific to my calf and getting that ready um, because netball's, yeah, it's such an explosive sport and um, I'm quite fast, so I need to make sure my calves mm. are you know, they're 100% ready to go. So, yeah, I've been doing a lot more work on that and taking my time with it. But um, like I said, the season doesn't start till March, so I'm kind of able to take my time with it and make sure I'm not rushing it to, um, you know, I've heard calves can be a bit temperamental. So I'm just making sure I'm listening to my physios, listening to my SNC and doing everything right. We also, speaking of the 2022 season, we saw recently saw the ends of the um, contracting period for that campaign you re-signing with the Firebirds. And I think you were the second last signing from any team that was announced um, in that contracting period. Can you you walk me through what that time's like? Like you yourself, were you always keen to return to the Firebirds? Were you taking calls from other teams? What did that look like? <laughs> um, no, I was always pretty um, committed to the Firebirds. It was um, it was just a, a, I didn't want it to be that long, the contract my contracting period for um, next season. But um, yeah, the contracting time, it's, it's, it's such a difficult one for all athletes. Um, I'm lucky I've got my manager, so she was able um, to look after me in that aspect. But um, yeah, I'm glad that I, I'm really looking forward to the 2022 season. I'm very happy I've signed with the Firebirds again. It's um, they've started, they were the first club to give me the opportunity to play at the elite level. So I'm excited to be back again in the purple. Um yeah, and we've got a great bunch of girls re-signing and some some new ones too, so I can't wait. We also saw before that contracting period started, there was a new payer deal agreed on as well that we'll continue to see um, netballers, I think, as the best remunerated um, female athletes in the country. How good is that for you as a elite netballer to know that you can focus on netball and you're going to be able to treat it with the respects um, that it deserves because you've got this pay deal looking after you. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's really exciting that netball is moving in the direction that we want it to be. It's becoming more professional. We're able to really focus um, all our energy into netball. Um, It's really exciting for like uh, in the future years when um, out the next generation of netball has come through. So it was um, it was a bit of a longer task. It was a bit of a, um, yeah, it's a bit tricky at times, but as a playing group, we 
we wanted to, you know, this is what we wanted to do. And we were really excited that um, everyone came to the table with the playing deals. So um, that, yeah, we're just setting up the sport for um, the future, really. And getting back to the Firebirds, there was also some movement on the defensive front for you, Tara Hinchcliffe and Rudy Ellis departing, but former England captain Ebony Osuro-Brown, goalkeeper, she's coming back to Australia for another stint, signing from Bath. What do you think she's going to bring to the Firebirds? Yeah, I'm really excited um, that Ebony is coming to the Firebirds. I've never met her personally, but I've heard a lot of amazing things um, from other players about her, and um, I remember watching her at um, when England won the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast a couple of years ago, and she was an instrumental player in that team. So it's I think she's going to bring incredible leadership in the um, defensive end for our team. Um, she's going to bring that really strong presence in the back end, which is um, really exciting for us, especially I think we're probably more of a younger group. So it's great that Ebony is going to bring all this experience and knowledge and yeah, be allowed, you know, voice not out on court for us when we need it. So I can't wait to meet her in person. So hopefully she can get to Australia soon. I don't know when she's coming, but um, yeah, she's going to be a great asset to our team. Mm. Of course, England's international. And I think there has recently been a bit of talk about the balance of international versus domestic players in super netball and the trade-offs you get with emphasizing one or the other what are your thoughts on that balance is the balance right at the moment is it maybe going too far towards the internationals what do you think about that yeah I think every team I guess approaches this differently um I guess Ebony now is our only international player for the Firebirds Romelda was but now she's an Australian citizen so um I think it's I guess when we um, moved from the ANZA Championship to the Suncor Super Netball League, more teams, more Australian teams were made to provide opportunities for Australian players. And um, I would like to see more young Australian players um, contracted. Um, obviously, I'm biased. I just want to see some more Australian players. And, um, and I guess that's only going to make our Australian team as well amazing as well. But then again, we also have to play against the best players so it, it there is a balance like you said but it's great that we've got our um, we've got the training partners mm. that get to come in and train with the firebirds and all the other Suncorp super netball teams so they they already get um, that kind of level and exposure of what training at the elite level is so I think that is definitely helping out young Australian netballers so it's just then yeah I'm not too sure what that what that will look like for the future, potentially a cap on international players. But then again, we're, we're limiting the best players who we could be playing against. So, yeah, I, I think we should have just more netball teams in Australia. Because <laughs> yeah. I think there were quite a number of developmental players upgraded to contracts, full, fully contracted players. Obviously, is there always a really good vibe when you're seeing that happen and you just feel like so happy for these players to get that opportunity? Yeah, 100%. Like we had Mia and Ruby, two of our training partners this year, elevated into the contracted 10 players. So, and they they travelled around with us and we had to move to Melbourne for the hub for that two and a bit weeks. So they've been on the journey with us and I'm so glad that they get to be rewarded the, um, the position of being a contracted player because they have put in so much work into this team and into themselves. So, and it's great that they're two... Um, 
young Queenslanders who've come through the traditional pathways. So um, it also it shows that, you know, those pathways work and that they can, if you keep playing netball in Queensland, you can be a firebird one day. So, yeah, it's it definitely is a great vibe. I mean, now that the contracting period has ended, how are you feeling about this firebird squad? Do you think it's got what it takes to get back to finals? Yeah, I think so. It's um, We've always, we're obviously meant to, we wanted to win um, last season and we just missed out into the top four and um, we've definitely had a, I guess, a hard look on what, what we all need to do individually and as a team to make top four and win the championship in 2022 and I think with this group and we've all got the, we've all got that hunger now, I think missing out of the finals two years in a row. I think um, as a playing group, we know that we are better than that. So it's going to be, yeah, like you said before, it's going to be a grind, but um, I think bringing Ebony into the mix, it's going to just elevate our team more and bring that presence out on court that I think we, we miss at times. So um yeah, I think this is the team to do it in 2022. Because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Firebirds had a bit of a dynasty going on in the ANZ um, competition before Super Netball, didn't they? Does the legacy of that ever hang over the current group and wanting to live up to that legacy of success that the club has had in the past? Yeah, I think so. I think there was a, um, yeah, because the Firebirds were so successful um, winning the championship in 2015 and 2016. And I think, and I came into the team at 2017 and I think there was this um, this feeling that we need to be exactly like like that team that had won those championships. But we were such a new group that um, I think the way we, we went into things and the way we trained, it just wasn't the way that was best for the current playing group. So um, we've, you know, we've addressed that. We've looked at different ways that we can get the best out of each other and, um, with the new players coming in and out, like we've got Kim Value came back this year, which was really exciting. So and I think she's been playing her best netball ever. So, um, yeah, and that's the tough thing about sport. Like you you get you want to play to your brand and your of what the Firebirds look like, but then again, you get all these different people in the mix. Um, so you want to play to everyone's strengths as well. So, and I think that's what we need to focus on for next year. It was noted in your re-signing as well that you're going to continue to be the only Indigenous athlete in Super Netball in 2022. And you yourself said in your statement on the re-signing that you hope to still be a role model to young Indigenous kids out there that want to play at the elite level. And you do do a lot of heavy lifting for Super Netball in this space. And you clearly are passionate about it and you clearly do enjoy it. But do you ever sometimes just feel like, oh, just I wish we had a couple more in Super Netball at this point? Does it ever get the feeling like... I love doing this, but feel free to, you know, bring somebody else in, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like share the load a little bit. That'd yeah. be great. <laughs> but I think um, that was something I actually addressed with my team um, um, a couple, uh, two years ago mm. um, around the Indigenous round and that, yes, I know that I am the only Aboriginal um, player in this league, but just because it's Indigenous round, it doesn't necessarily have to be me promoting it and talking about it. Everyone can be talking about it. Um, my belief is Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture is all of Australians' culture. And I think we all need to be really proud of that and not shy away from it and take the opportunity to learn more about it. And that's what um, Firebirds and Netball Queensland do really well. Like 
we're also committed into learning more about culture and um, Australia's history and um, the team's really gone behind it and it's something that everyone's passionate about which I which I love so I feel so supportive um, with the girls and that um, it doesn't just have to be me talking about it all the time it uh, anyone can and will a lot of the girls will put their hand up and say you know what Gem like I'll do this um, you, you can don't feel pressured that you have to be the only one so yeah there, it's um it's a really nice you know little bubble that we've got at the moment um with everyone's wanting to learn and grow in that space um just shows that we are I guess as a club and organization moving in the right direction I did find a video interview that you did more than a year ago with the ABC getting asked the question I'm about to ask, but I guess it's one that we're going to continue to ask until we see more than one Indigenous athlete in Super Netball. But what more work can be done to improve the pathway so you can, if you choose to, stop fielding these questions from people like <laughs> me? I mean, what can be done in that space? Yeah, this is the, the million dollar question, isn't it? Um, there's, if, it, if I knew the answer to this question, the, I wouldn't have to answer it anymore, I guess, but, um, there's, there's Netball Australia has, um, all the organizations have agreed to this declaration of commitment to, re, um, really foster the improvement of pathways for Indigenous netballers all around Australia, which is really exciting. So hopefully this can encourage more, Indigenous girls to play netball, it can give them an insight of um, that it is possible. It doesn't matter where you are in Australia, who you are. You, If you want to play at the elite level and if you've got the skills and you're committed to this, then you can be a firebird and hopefully a Australian diamond. So um, I would, I, don't, I guess in my, in my role, I see in that for myself is just to help I guess, encourage those girls uh, and just get to know them at a deeper level and more of a personal level. When I go out to like communities, I just want to know more about them, just who they are. And they just want to do the same to me. They just want to know me as a person, not just Gem and the netball player, um, which I absolutely love. And I think it's about talking to the right people. It's about talking to the families, talking to the families that live in remote communities, um, what they need from netball. So we can make sure that they're getting the things that they need to provide to their um, to their families and to their kids that want to play netball. So, yeah, hopefully, yeah, I think we're moving in the right direction for that as well. But um, it's a bit it's a bit unfortunate that's taken so long to um, you know get to this point. Um, but yeah, at least we at least we're getting there. I mean, I guess it's also going out and speaking to all these kids. It's good practice when you are a teacher as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I, I think you do do some work in this space with the Diamond Spirit Program. Could you give me give us a bit of an insight into what that is, what your involvement with them uh, entails? Yeah, so the Diamond Spirit Program is the Indigenous education program that we have at Netball Queensland. And so we taught, we've got two schools that implement the program and then we've also got programs that go out to remote communities to deliver netball clinics. Um, my involvement in that is um, I help out with the teachers at the um, at the two schools. So we've got one in Ipswich and Cairns. So it's quite a um, 
it's a big reach that we've got, which is great. We want to um, increase those Diamond Spirit hubs in more schools because um, I f- the program works. The program supports these girls through their high school journey. So, um, yeah, to be able to give that uh, to more girls around the, around Queensland, that those opportunities to connect and feel supported within their schooling journey is um, pretty much what we want to achieve. And then the remote communities, we pretty much predominantly go up to far north Queensland. Um, we've gone out to the Torres Strait Islands as well, which has been awesome um, to reach out there. And it's just about spreading netball and um, to those communities out there and showing that this is an amazing sport. You guys should play it and um, and just connecting with them because they they don't really have a lot out there, unfortunately. And and but they are extremely grateful when you do go out there. They um, you can just bring a ball and we'll just start playing a game of netball and there's just an instant smile on all their faces and that's so rewarding and it's really grounding and um, it just shows that this is yeah sport being an elite athlete isn't all about you know performing out on court it's also going out to those communities and touching those kids who um you know love the sport as well and yeah just connecting with them listening to you your answer there becomes very apparent not only do you have a passion for the work that you're doing but you've also got like a really deep love for the just the game of netball (laughs) itself it's a sport you love where did that come from where did your passion for netball originate from um it definitely originated from just playing as a kid um I was very shy growing up and my mum got me into netball so she used to play netball as well and um I just that was my way of making friends that was my way of being um I guess me and myself and being able to show that you know I can be competitive and it's um that's fine like <laughs> it was just um yeah being able to and I just loved it I loved the being able to you know I could use my speed I could use my elevation and netball I could you know use my hand-eye coordination skills and all every it just had everything that I love to do and um it was, um, and I, that's where I made all my friends too. So that was probably the biggest part of it. And I had so many memories from going out to um, like state age, like representative teams and tournaments. And that's where, um, yeah, you'd really bond as a team and um, you'd meet, you know, other players from other teams as well. And yeah, I absolutely loved it. It was, um, I got to go, I got to get out of school just to go play netball. Like that was always a bonus. <laughs> um and yeah I got to play with my sisters as well so that was um I loved playing sport with my sisters like that's what I miss a lot now that I'm in the fire beds. but um yeah it was um yeah it started at a very young age a lot of the time speaking to professional athletes about their journey you get some that what this is all they've wanted to do since they you could walk and then you've got some others that kind of just accidentally became professionals. They started <laughs> playing a sport. They were so good at it. And just one day they got a contract and they went, all right, which one were you? When did it click in your head that I could actually make a real goal of netball? Um, yeah, I was definitely the second person. Like it just kind of happened um, accidentally. <laughs> um, it ha- Yeah. Because it, I came into the Firebirds when it was the first year of the Song Court Super Netball. So there was more teams, more positions out there. And um, that was when I 
got offered a contract and I was never really, I never thought about being an elite netballer. I, because I knew how, how hard it was to make those teams. You had to be the best 12 in the state. Um, and I was yeah, honestly just never occurred to me that I was going to make it professionally. I just love to play because I loved it. <laughs> um, but, and I think, yeah, and I feel really grateful that that's what my, you know, my parents, um, I guess, instilled in me. They were like, you you got to love it. Um, it doesn't matter how good or bad you are. As long as you love it, then, you know, they're going to take, they're going to keep driving me to all my trainings and stuff like that as little, when I was little. So, um, yeah, and I think they really instilled those values into me um, at, a, at an early age, so... Um, but then again, yeah, I just took every opportunity that I got as well, which also helped me get to where I was. Mm. And I, I did want to ask you about the work that you've been doing with the Diamond Spirit program and all that ambassadorial stuff. I found myself when I've done ambassadorial work and advocating work with um, Canteen Australia, it's helped me learn a bit more about who I am as a person as well. Have you found the same thing for you? You're helping these kids discover a love of netball, but at the same time, they're doing that for you as well? Oh, a hundred percent. Especially working with the um, Indigenous kids. Like I've really, um, it's helped me go through my cultural journey as well and find out more about myself and my family and the history um, of my family. So it's, it's, it was definitely, it's definitely a two-way street. Um, I'm, and by learning more about myself and my culture, I was I'm able to connect more with the with the kids and build that deeper understanding of what they're going through, um, if they're going through anything. So, yeah, definitely. And and I, I guess I can relate to the kids a lot as well going through that cultural journey because um, with the kids in Ipswich, they're on completely different cultural journeys compared to some of the kids up in Cairns who are. Um, really heavily involved with their culture and they they speak multiple dialects of their language and it's um so it's really cool to see the contrast but um I can still yeah connect to all of them really well it doesn't matter you know what level they are at I guess level is probably a bad word but where they are on their cultural journey um we're all the we're all the same and that's all that really matters and they're all great kids and um, yeah, it makes my job so much easier because they are so great. And I, that's why I love it. Well, Gemma, it's been a fantastic chat, some great stuff. I really appreciate you giving uh, up your time this afternoon to speak with me. Good luck for uh, enjoying the rest of your off season, pre-season, and then the 2022 super netball season. Thanks so much for joining us today on ESPN. No worries, Joey. Thank you. So the hard yards of pre-season are soon to begin for Gemma as she prepares for the hopefully more familiar slog of the Super Netball season in 2022. No doubt she will also continue to serve as a figure of inspiration and aspiration for a legion of youngsters around the country. And be sure to head over to the netball section of ESPN.com.au to stay aware of what's happening all across the sport. But for now, I'd like to thank you for joining us on another edition of ESPN's Beyond the Lead, this time for a conversation between myself and Queensland Firebird attacker Jenna Mai. I've been your host, Joey Lynch, and as a reminder, 
You can catch this episode, every other episode of Beyond the Lead, and all of ESPN's collection of podcasting and audio goodness from wherever you happen to get your podcasts or audio goodness from. If you're enjoying Beyond the Lead or any of those other podcasts, be sure to subscribe, leave a famous five-star review, and help spread the word. But anyways, thanks for listening today, tomorrow, or whenever you happen to be listening, and do not fret, as I'll catch you soon for another deep dive into sports as ESPN takes you beyond the lead very soon.